1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Editorial Director Stephanie Sloan, here with Senior Editor Mara Levinsky. Hi, everyone. Mara, in the new issue, we've got the scoop on the imminent Abigail switch at Days of Our Lives. I spoke with Marcy Miller, who joined the show in 2016 when Kate Manzi vacated the role, about her decision to exit. So she told me she started thinking about this nine months ago, actually, when she was in the middle of this huge DID story with Abby, Laura, and Gabby. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, Marcy explained that, like, this job opened up a lot of opportunities for her own growth and learning, and she got excited about trying new things and sort of taking what she learned at Days and applying it into other parts of the industry. So she was really pretty committed to leaving. In fact, she told her agents not to even tell her if the show came back and tried to negotiate because she says she loves it there so much that she didn't even want any sort of enticement to stick around because she had really made her decision and wanted to stay with it and see what else is out there for her.
0: You know, I have I have a lot of respect for that. It takes, you know, guts to really stick to your decision and not even want to know if they would move heaven and earth to try to talk you out of a decision like that. I, I think, you know, over the years, we've definitely spoken to actors who did kind of go back on their gut feeling that maybe it was the right time to try other things for that very reason. So, you know, hats off to her and her conviction. Well, in the
1: same issue, I spoke to Kate Mancy who breaks her silence about coming back. She tells us she is thrilled to be playing Abigail again, and she says she actually never expected to have the opportunity to do it again, but the timing worked out really great for her. She's currently filming there right now. Uh, she's doing a brief summer run. I mean, obviously, it's uh, Days of Our Lives, they're many months ahead. They film so many episodes at once. So I think on screen, it'll actually be very impactful regardless of how much time she's there. Mm-hmm. Filming will probably see her play out over quite a while. You know, what was interesting is that she told me that it was important for her to sit down with Marcy before she started filming because Kate really wanted to tell Marcy how much she respected her and really acknowledge all the great work Marcy has done in the last two years, which I think is super cool. Also, Marcy told me that she told Kate that she's available to answer any questions Kate might have about story, which is really funny when you think about it, because so much has actually (laughs) happened since Kate left. I mean, even understanding, like, who's Gabby? Who's Dr. Laura? I mean, there really is a lot to sort of unpack there, if you will.
0: Absolutely. And how cool that they are both so open to learning from each other and having that relationship to help further the story. I think that's wonderful. Right. Because we're looking at a part of the industry where recasts
1: are only common here. You, know, yeah, you don't really absolutely. see that other places. So for Marcy to have come into Kate's story, you know, at that time, there had been a break because Kate had left the canvas for a few months. But here, what I understand is going to be a pretty direct pickup. Mm-hmm. So it really requires kind of some conversation to be had about what to
0: expect. Well, certainly that will definitely enhance it. I just think, you know, it says, I think, a lot about both of those women that they're willing to, you know, partner up, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm. They're both so complimentary about each other. It was really nice.
0: I Love that. A uh, few podcasts ago we we talked about the fact that we were doing a story on former actors in the genre alumni of daytime who wanted to come back to soaps and were having a tough time in the current climate finding it very very competitive um so that story does appear in this very same issue that we're discussing what were you hearing from the industry insiders that you spoke with for this story
1: Well, I think the main thing that you said is that how fierce the competition really is now and that it's such a different landscape than it was, of course, in the 80s, the 90s, you know, even the early aughts Mm -hmm. at this point. But what we're seeing now is really popular names who someone said to me, people who would absolutely have gotten a cover story on Digest, like names that big. And they're going in for these roles and competing with each other. So there was a recent casting we had talked about where there were 11 familiar faces Mm -hmm. in there. And this person said to me that what becomes difficult is that when you have, let's say they narrow it down to two and it's two popular people, you might go with the person who's going to take less money because they're sort of side-by-side comparison. Mm-hmm. It's a like-like situation. So if you can pay somebody less, well, shows might
0: opt to that do gives that. them to the leg up. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that there's just so many more factors
0: now, even getting the roles that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I spoke to another actress for this story who pointed out that if you have been around in the daytime world for a while, chances are you've maybe done more than one show. Well, when there were 10 shows, that meant that there were eight left, right? If you've, Done two shows in a four soap climate. There's only two other shows that you could comfortably join without a producer having to decide whether it's worth taking. I think uh, the risk of bringing an actor who played one role on in a different role, because I think you know that's not a guaranteed slam dunk. It, It definitely has worked, but. You can only kind of do that practice so many times on one show, right, before there's, like, crazy turnover in the town where, like, everyone looks like someone who was there five years ago. Um, So this actress pointed out that as much as, you know, she would like to come back to daytime, there are only really now one or two shows that she feels like would be willing to consider her, whereas that was just, you know, not something that actors were facing when there were a dozen shows on the air.
1: You know, which is really interesting because you look at, even with Days of Our Lives currently, like casting Kyle Louder, who, since we know he's not playing Brady, we know he'll be playing a new role, but he's been gone from the show for like uh, 11 plus years. And so it will be like a new familiar face, but still familiar, like a new familiar face, but familiar to the people who watched back in, you know, the early 2000s. And so I think that's even more interesting is that you're competing in a sense against people who had been on the shows who might bring sort of that familiarity back or that, you know, sense of nostalgia. There's a built-in
0: goodwill, I think, towards someone that you loved in a role, you know, even if they're coming back to a different role on that same show.
1: Right, because you connect them to that show, so Mm -hmm. you want to see them, so you're just happy to have them back in any capacity. So that makes it even harder. So these plum roles come up, and yet now you're competing against someone who may have already been on the show.
0: Right. You know, on the flip side, (laughs) I talked to some actors who are employed in daytime television, who have returned to the genre. And um, Wes Ramsey, for example, who plays Peter on General Hospital, told me when he left Guiding Light very early in his hope career, he had only been there like one or two years. But he was like gung-ho to move to California and try it out. He'd never been there, never, you know, gone to L.A. to audition, that kind of thing. And over the years, he really wondered if he'd maybe made that decision too soon. And he said, you know, in the year 2002, I didn't realize these shows were going to go off the air, I didn't realize there was going to be a writer's strike. I didn't know about, you know, that none of us could have predicted how much reality television would kind of steal airtime from scripted content. So to get a job on General Hospital now, he says he just appreciates that this wasn't a guaranteed thing that would happen for him in his career. So he has that much more appreciation for having gotten the job.
1: Well, that's what someone said to me is that back in the day, an actor would leave and in the back of their mind, they would think, okay, if it doesn't work out, if I don't get a pilot, if I don't get a show, I'll just go back to my show. Right. Or there's so many other shows I could go to and that just does not exist anymore. So when you're choosing to leave now, you're making what could be a very definitive decision because the shows might not be there for you to come back to. Or the time you do want to come back, the, you know, in might be too full and exactly. there might not be room
0: for you. You know, a lot of people that we spoke to also pointed out to that point that at a certain point in their lives, you know, there's a greater appeal to having an acting gig With the fairly regular hours that daytime soaps offer, shooting in the same city where they live, it's certainly conducive to raising a family.
1: Our guest today, Dominic Zampronia, however, recently chose to take the leap away from GH, the soap he called home for nine years, because he felt like it was the right time for him to take a risk, to go with his gut, and put himself back out on the audition circuit. Let's get him on the line to talk about it. Hi, Dominic.
2: Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. What's
0: happening. Well, we are so happy you were able to join us today. Thank totally. you. We're just sitting around mourning Dante's exit. Oh, are
2: you? Are, are you just saying that, or are you really mourn his exit?
0: Mourn is probably an overstatement, and maybe a little dramatic. But I'm, of course, I'm sad. Yeah. Like, legitimately.
2: Okay, good.
0: <laughs> okay, good. I want I want you to be miserable.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm mourning, but I'm definitely disappointed. It's going to be a big absence from the canvas.
0: I'm happy about that too. <laughs> <laughs> You're not as nice as I thought you were like two minutes ago.
2: <laughs> because well, I'm taking pleasure in your displeasure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for purely selfish reasons. It's yeah. Like, you know, misery loves company. That's I mean? true. That's true.
1: Well, Dominic, for anyone who may not have picked up our current issue, which shame on them, um, where <laughs> who we have, have. I don't know. I mean, people who don't want the real story i guess but <laughs> they may have missed your cover story about why you chose to leave the show so if you can tell us when did you make the decision and what factors led to it
2: started kind of mulling it over with the family the wife you know back in oh maybe a year year and a half ago just kind of as a you know a next step sort of thing like what's our vision you know, for the future, like what's our plan kind of look like. And uh, there's a few projects I've been working on <clears throat> with my producing partner. And I wanted to kind of dedicate a little more time to that stuff and kind of wanted to see what this industry held for me. Once again, not, you know, being on the show, because I'd been on the show for nine years. And before I was on the show, you know, I was a working actor doing TV and film and, and uh, didn't have the luxury of the stability that GH gave me. But I also kind of felt like it was time to get back out there again. And, you know, I felt like maybe I wasn't in the, the happiest place at the moment, you know, on the show. I, I didn't feel like there was a ton of Dante's storyline being driven. And, and, you know, people acknowledge that. Our producer would acknowledge that. And, and other producers on the show would acknowledge it. And uh, it didn't really change a whole lot. So I kind of thought maybe this is the time.
1: Well, it obviously wasn't a snap decision.
2: No, I think we kind of molded it over a lot. It was a big deal. And... That's important for me for people to know, too, is that it wasn't, we didn't just wake up one day and and decide to to take a walk. It it had been going on for a while. And and even through the negotiation process, it, it was back and forth because it's really tough to make a decision like this.
0: Dom, I know that your wife was very supportive of you making this decision, but you told me a very cute story about why your young daughters were opposed to it. Can you repeat that for me? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, more like my my five year old. I don't know if the other <laughs> one cared so much, but but my seven year old started to actually dig that. I think her dad was on a TV show. Oh, and she's nice. going to school with kids whose parents, you know, are in the business in some fashion or form. And but my five year old said was upset because I wasn't going to be bringing her home like Doritos and M and M's from the vending machine anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, that's <laughs> she adorable. could care
2: less when I was on a show She also doesn't <laughs> like change like She hates change of any kind So just the fact that I was changing that aspect of our lives Was like very, very um, traumatic for her That's pretty funny Alright, well
0: looking back on like your nine years on the show Is there a period or a storyline or a scene or anything like What would you consider to be the work that, that you are most proud of As you look back on it?
2: Probably making it through like most of my days with <laughs> like sanity. <laughs> like when you do a story, you're doing like forty, fifty pages a day. Like I'm doing a show right now; we're doing a page and a half a day. It's like pretty amazing. Um, I almost get bored because I don't know how to handle like the slow pace. But um, <laughs> I, I always go back to Sunny shooting Dante storyline because it was so impactful to my character and to the characters around. From the very beginning, it was all, like, the point of the, you know, the the audition scene was to come in and do that scene where he gets shot. So, I don't know, it, it was partly as an actor, it was this scene that you had worked on for months and months and months. It was, as a as a character, you know, what, what had been kind of built up over the course of six, eight months, whatever it was. And then on top of that, it was uh, the response it got. I mean, it's still talked about today with fans with me and mo whenever we would talk about you know the good old days like we'd talk about that storyline and it had you know Maurice has been there for 25 years and he still talks about that storyline so that that means a lot to me too i mean it's it seems like it's kind of uh had some staying power that's cool
0: yeah it was like a landmark
1: now you've been wrapped at the show for a little over a month uh tell us what you've been doing with yourself
2: uh, I've been shooting a show called Tin Star It shoots up in Calgary starring uh, Tim Roth and Christina Hendricks and uh, John Lynch is in this season, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm playing kind of a bad guy. Oh, that's that, a nice change. That you might, might have, yeah, that you might have some feelings for. That's kind of why <laughs> I went for it. It was a total departure from what I've been doing for nine years. It's not a huge, huge role. It's not going to, you know... Uh, it's not replacing GH, you know what I mean? But it's something completely different. And it's, uh, it's just a few episodes, three, four episodes of a really cool new show that it's on Amazon right now. Amazon in the States, you can stream the first season. And uh, yeah, so I've been doing that. I've been uh, writing a lot. Uh, We're working on producing our movie about Charles Ponzi and that's coming along. It's kind of cool to be able to dedicate a lot of time to that. So we're, we're in the money raising phase of that, which is kind of interesting because I've never really done this before and hanging out with the kids and the family, which is really interesting too. Cause you know, there's days where you want to give mommy a break and when you're working a lot, you don't really have, you know, the energy to, to do all the fun dad things you should be doing. And, and now that I've got a little more time, um, when I do come back from Canada and I got a few days, like, we, we, we go and do stuff. It's fun, you know? It's really—there's another huge reason why I, I thought it was time to go. It was just—life's short, and happiness is supremely important, and it's not always about a job. Sometimes, you know, you got to be with your family, your people, you know?
0: Speaking of which, are you still going to do Saturday swim lessons with Lisa Le Cicero and her daughter and your youngest?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I'd like to. She's been away. I think they're on hiatus right now, so I think she's away. I've been away up until a few days ago. So and my family's still out of town. They're actually I left them in Canada. I got to fly up again on Sunday to shoot my last day on Ten Star. Then they're gonna fly back with me on Tuesday. And then hopefully, yes, starting in the next couple of weeks, we'll get back into swim lessons with Lisa and Verdi. Sweet little Verdi.
0: Awesome.
1: When you look back now on your time on the show, is there anyone you wish you
2: had worked with more? Well, I obviously wanted to work with Mo more. I mean, I know that sounds, that's probably not the answer you're looking for. You probably want, like, you know, people we I never worked with. But It's up to you how you so want many, to answer. Well, <laughs> well thank you. Uh, there's been uh, so many changing faces kind of thing too, right? So when if you asked me that question like five years ago, I probably would have said something like Tony Geary because he was around or, or genie, because she was around, or I don't know Jonathan, because when he was around, like I really enjoyed working with him. Um, but the scenery has changed so much that the relationships that the characters had with people kind of changed, and I found that my character didn't really have, you know, aside from in the PCPD and the marriage, there weren't a lot of real, you know, meaningful kind of things going on. I wish people like more West. I just love more West. Like she's. To me, one of the most intriguing artists to watch do her thing. I respect the hell out of her, and I would have loved to have worked with her more. Maurice, I would have liked to have worked with him more because we had so much fun working together. Same with Chad; we would just kind of act like idiots and make each other laugh. And yeah, so I guess those people. I mean, even Lisa, we kind of stopped having scenes. It would have been cool to have more, more of that bond, the Dante Olivia bond. Kind of going on, and then people could talk about how much we don't look like mother and son, and we look more like lovers. <laughs> in this, you know?
0: I have to say, I was very surprised that there wasn't like a final Dante Olivia moment, especially since she's such a you know hovering mom. You'd think he would not be able to slip out of town without answering to her. Yeah,
2: I was I was shocked at that too. Um, I actually changed the line in the scene. If the line in the scene was. Uh, you know, I call her from the car, and I I said she's gonna kill me because she probably would. Like that <laughs> kind of, if I ever left town like without saying bye to her, she would she would hunt me down and and kill me. I think that'd be a funny story actually. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia like infiltrates the WSB to track down
0: I would not. So put she that could bring her.
2: Him like, a, like a like a lasagna. Lasagna a exactly.
0: The Operation Lasagna. Um. Yeah. <laughs> wait. You, you know. uh Speaking of the relationships at the PCPD, Nathan and Dante became such uh, a popular cop duo with fans. And I yeah. know you recently hung out with Mr. Ryan Pavey, who left the show earlier this year. What did you guys get into? Yeah.
2: What did we do that day?
0: What'd you get into? What'd you, did you get a drink? Did you get a meal?
2: Trouble. <laughs> Trouble. We're just, we kind of, we're, we're troublesome. We're a <laughs> troublesome duo. We actually, because I was going to do a lot of gun work on this show that I'm doing, I wanted to go to the firing range with him because he's been doing some some shooting and stuff like that. So I wanted to go and, and familiarize myself. because I hadn't done a lot of firing in a long time. I'm not a huge gun guy, but my character has to really know his way around rifles and stuff like that. So we went and shot a little bit, and then we had uh, a burger and a couple beers. And as we were eating, Maura West texted me and said how much she missed me. And so we sent her back a very happy picture of the two of us uh, having a beer, Sweet. cheersing her.
1: Did she say she wanted to work with you more when she misses that she didn't have the opportunity?
2: No, she didn't say that, but I'm sure she would have if I asked her. Of course, after
1: she hears this podcast, I'm sure that's what she's going to text you.
2: (laughs) No, I would say it was just cool timing because Ryan and I were just kind of talking about both of our situations and leaving and and how it kind of felt cool to kind of be moving moving on a little bit. And then she texted kind of right off on cue.
1: She sensed it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Now, it's fairly uncommon for someone to have the same love interest for the entirety of as long a run as you had on GH, but really, except for that blip with Valerie, it was always Lulu for Dante. What is your theory as to why that couple clicked so much with the audience?
2: Off the top of my head, maybe it had a lot to do with the legacy factor, like that they were you know, Luke and Laura's daughter and Sonny's kid. I think the second part to that is me and Julie really uh clicked. We clicked, so the characters kind of clicked. We just make each other laugh a lot, and I think that kind of came through. Like, we really had a good time working with each other and hanging out, too. Like, we'd have a great time just hanging out with each other. And the show was kind of different back then. It kind of had, like, a dorm room vibe in the, <laughs> in the dressing rooms. Like, we'd all be hanging out together. All of us would be... We were all there a little bit more often, and... You know, you had people who had really been there for a long time, like, you know, Jason and Steve and Bradford and Brandon and Kirsten and, uh, you know, Julie. And it was a real kind of – it just felt like we were in some kind of college atmosphere. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. And so, I, I don't know, I think maybe everyone's kind of familiarities with each other and, and relationships with each other came out a little bit more and your, your comfortabilities with each other. And maybe, maybe that came through and appealed to fans. Um, I think the fact that also they were a real couple that kind of fought through a lot of issues maybe together and came out the other side instead of being torn apart and, you know, their miseries kind of dramatized. It was, I don't know, in real life, people don't really crave conflict with their partner. You know what I mean? They want to be happy. And maybe that's not what everyone wants to watch all the time. And I don't think that's necessarily what has to happen, but they always say being in a couple is kind of the kiss of death because you never get story because no one wants to watch happy couples. I, I kind of disagree. I, I feel like you can have a happy couple and have things going on outside of the marriage happening in their lives that affect their daily life. Like we do in real life, you know, when we go to work and we have a bad day. We bring it home with us and we, it may influence the way we handle things at home. And it doesn't mean you're just going to throw a glass and storm out of the room. I get it's a soap. So, you know, you will on a soap, but in real life, you don't do that. And then when there's a long-winded answer, huh? I'm just like talking. We're talking, loving talking, it. Talking.
0: Keep talking.
2: Okay, I think when M came on, I think people had a bit of our it's recast. People have tough times with with recasts. I mean, I would too if I was a fan, I guess. But I think we made it our own version of that couple. And I know there's some people that still didn't dig it, and that's cool. That's their right. But we worked our asses off and had a really friendship outside of the characters and their relationship on screen. We had a nice off screen thing going on too. And it was, it was real and it was genuine and we cared about each other and that we brought to the scenes too. I think that came through for people as well. So I think it was a bunch of things. I think it was timing. I think it was, uh, I think in this day and age too, there's a lot of negativity in the world. Like I don't know about you guys, but I have a trouble with social media. It's such an awful place to be and it's not like I want to stick my head in the sand. But it's tough to have that kind of like inundating your timeline, like how negative the world is in in certain regards right now. And I I think a little bit of hope and a little bit of positivity and a little bit of love is maybe what everyone needs. And maybe that's what people like to see kind of deep down, too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I agree. Speaking of online folks who watch and follow the show, when news of your exit broke, there was such an onslaught of love and appreciation for what you have brought to the show and I want to know what it was like to be on the receiving end of that and what it meant to you well
2: it's funny because when you when anyone says you know you you're looking at the good things you also have to take in the bad things because otherwise you can't you know you got to look at both sides but Naturally, you know human nature. We kind of focus on the because we all have that inner critic. You know, we're going to focus on the, the negative things more than we do the positive things. So, you know, I, I would, I would, you know, I posted a couple things, and you know, I'd be sitting there, and my wife would be like, you yeah, know, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just seeing if people are digging the fact that I'm gone, or
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> not digging the fact that I'm gone, or you know, happy for me, sad for the show, happy for for the show, and glad to be rid of me, you know. And I mentioned I'd read a negative thing. I'm like, oh, this is kind of a negative thing. She's like, yeah, but why don't you read me one of the positive things? And I read a positive thing. And I, said, I said, you know, there's actually more positive than negative. And she said, yeah, so why don't you focus on the positive things? So it was overwhelming. I posted about it. I never, I honestly didn't think I was going to receive as much love as I'd have. And uh, I don't really know how to explain You know, you're surprised by it, and you're flattered by it, and uh, sometimes I legitimately wanted to respond to everybody, but when you got three kids, seven and under, you're not really allowed to hang out on your phone for very long. (laughs) And a puppy. And a puppy, oh man. I'm home alone with him right now, I didn't realize how much my kids actually tire him out, like they tire each other But it was, you know, I came here nine years ago not knowing what I was getting into, and After the first six months, there was a lot of people digging what I was doing. And then there was a a time maybe in the next six months where, you know, people started vocalizing that they maybe didn't dig this guy so much because it was kind of a case of this guy's on too much and we're kind of tired of him and he's a newbie and we want to see the old guys. Kind of the same things I'm hearing people say about me now. It's like, well, (laughs) we wish you were on more, you know, because you're a vet now. Um, So I'm grateful beyond words that I've been welcomed with so much love and appreciation by the fans. And, and I wouldn't have been here for nine years if fans weren't as accepting and welcoming of me and Dante as they have been and and were. I think if you're not doing it for people, you're not on the show for very long. So, And you lose sight of that while you're doing the job. Like when you're in the middle of you know, a nine-year run, you don't really think about, you know, you're just going to work and doing the best work you can and you hope people dig it. And then you don't realize until you talk to people or hear from people just how much of an impact it's had, you know, on their lives and on their relationships with people and friendships they've built and uh, around, you know, characters around like even coming to fan events and and meeting other people and you know, so I, I don't know, I'm just super grateful and super appreciative and and I and it wasn't an easy decision and it's not like I want to be leaving all of you. I really hope that wherever I go, everyone that became a fan of me and what I created, they, I hope they want to keep keep up to up to date on what I'm doing.
1: Of course they will. So will we, of course. Well, thanks. Now, Mara always tells me about her set visits, and <laughs> she says there's uh, something on your dressing room door from the magazine that she would get a good chuckle out of whenever she saw it. Can you please tell me and our listeners what that is?
2: Is it uh, the the Bruno Mars thing? Yeah. You, you get, like, <laughs> weird things in your dressing room door posted by random people. Um, <laughs> Someone put in my mailbox, I still to this day have no idea who it was. I forgot to find out who it was. Some Canadian mints, like they were like smell like a Canadian or something like that. And they were like <laughs> it was basically like, like this like this breath spray that like made you smell like a like a Canadian lumberjack or something like that. Like a wilderness man. <laughs> uh, I have to find out who put that in there. I still have no idea who did And Will DeVry would put up um old hockey stamps from like a Bobby, yeah, I put a Bobby Orr one on my door because I have a Bobby Orr uh, hockey card. And, uh, he put a Tim Horton up there, a loose, you know, famous Toronto Maple Leaf donut chain guy. And, uh, Scott McKenzie, one of our directors, I went into work one day. I'm like, what the hell is this? And there's a picture of me and Bruno Mars. Like we're like a lookalike thing, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think someone messed around with the hair to make it even more. Look alike. So he gave me kind of like this weird slick hairstyle thing and then and then photocopied and put it on my door. Yeah. So Bruno Mars and me are on my door.
1: Well, I will take responsibility for being the person who probably pulled those photos. So, yeah, I didn't know that was from your
2: magazine. I didn't even know who the magazine that was from. So thanks a lot. Oh,
0: sorry, hon. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, you know, someone wrote in and said, Can you run side by side photos because they look so very much alike? Yeah. Certainly the doctored version, it was just uncanny. Yeah.
2: Um, did you guys
0: doctor that, or did someone else doctor no, that? No, Scott McKenzie, I think, uh, deserves Scott credit for that. that. Okay,
2: that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if
0: it was Scott or yeah. That's funny. So, Dom, when people leave our magazine, um, we usually get together you know, on, the, on their last day, and we have uh, cookies and chat, and Steph always asks them, what will you miss, what will you not miss? So we want to know, when it comes to General Hospital, what will you miss? What will you not miss? Now that I guess it's officially over and it's aired and it's done.
2: <laughs> so final, right?
0: So final. Um
2: I I'll miss all the people there. The crew. I've gotten so close with that crew over the last 9 years. You know, you find out a lot about them and their families and uh you know, when they're going through tough times and and uh you know, good times. And, and, when I, you know, I've, I've gone golfing and, you know, we've gone out for drinks and, and uh, so I'll miss the crew. I'll miss a lot of, you know, the funny shit we did in between takes, you know, with Maurice and Chad and Steve and, and M and, you know, there's, there's people that you got used to seeing every day that you kind of take for granted, like your family. And all of a sudden when you're not there and, and you know, you take, you take for granted the, the, the you know, your are dressed in your room, you're kind of home away from home. And the fact that you kind of know where your job is, <laughs> I'm going to miss that. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a 15 minute drive to work every day. And I, you know, you miss, you know, the, all those comforts, a lot of comfortability, but that was my whole reason for going is I, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. Um, it had been a long time, so I, I'll miss those things, but I'm also really excited to not have those things again. Um, I I don't know how much I'll miss the pace. I I do feel like there's a kind of a middle ground between not the way it's done because we have to get so much done. I mean, the whole system would have to change for it to not have to move as fast as it does. But I I, I won't miss that pace. I think it's just a little bit. We did like 16 scenes in two hours one time. I think that's just... Amazing. We all were like, wow, that's pretty incredible. But at the same time, it's like, wow, that's like insanity, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you told us that you would never say never to reprising Dante. What if another soap came calling? Would you be open to doing another soap roll?
2: Oh, yeah, of course. I I I feel like time is just kind of of the essence. And uh, and I would never say never to any of those things because your mind changes. You, you know, I could be out here doing things for a year or two and then decide, you know, that pace would be fun to revisit again or maybe six months goes by and you're like, eh, I kind of miss it. And you want to get back into that ring. I don't, I don't really don't know how it's going to, how it's going to go. I just feel like, no, I would never say never.
0: Well, that makes us happy. It gives us a glimmer of hope, us Dante fans, but um, I appreciate the time (laughs) so much. So does Stephanie. And I'm sure the listeners really appreciated hearing from me as well.
1: Thanks for chatting with us today.
2: my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Hi, right, and we hope to talk soon. Have All a right. good one. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Dominic for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a copy of the new issue on sale now and come back next week for a new podcast.